the frames per second podcast. What's going on? It's your boy Nikki Duce, aka Mr. No Disrespect, and you're now tuned in to the Frames Per Second Podcast. In this episode, we are reviewing the latest Spike Lee joint, uh, collaboration with Netflix as well, um, titled The Five Bloods. It's a present day, past day, uh, wartime uh, story about five guys who pretty much are on a scavenger hunt, slight, a slight scavenger hunt, and also just the bonding moment as well between four uh, war vets. Um, and we get to see just the good, bad, and ugly from all of them. Joining us, we don't have D on this one, but we got Nay, Mike, Ken, and Rod will join us uh, shortly. But of course, how I start off with everything, what did y'all think about this uh, film? Did you like it, love it, hate it? I'm going to start with you, Nay. Um, this one, Nay. This ain't it. This, this ain't it? This ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, you got to look to the side? Make sure Rod can't hear you? No, he going to say the same thing probably worse than me. Um, oh, for real? Damn. This was, this was, this one it. <laughs> and then I'm going to leave it at that. It ain't it. I have notes and none of them was positive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the angle of trying to um to to showcase like the effects that Vietnam had on on our black men. I mean, I appreciate that. I wish they would have did it better. I think mm. I liked it. Yeah, I think I liked it. It don't sound very convincing. Yeah, you said I think because because that was the question that I asked myself after I finished. Um, I don't know if I was completely okay with the ending. Um. But, I mean, it was a lot to kind of, you know, um, I mean, we're talking about two and a half hours. So <laughs> it was a lot to kind of really kind of go through and figure out, like, okay. Because there were moments I really, really liked, and then there were other moments that kind of really, like, it started to kind of fall off a little bit for me. So after it was over, over with, I was like, that was, that was all right. I don't – I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. But, Yeah. <laughs> Mike, go ahead. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I think it's 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 I think it's his best thing since Inside Man. I really, really enjoyed this film. I liked it a whole lot more than Black Klansman, which I thought was fucking terrible. Um, but this one I really, really enjoyed. It started off very, very slow, and for a good 45 minutes, I was like, man, I'm I don't know about this. But after that 45 minutes, I was like, okay, I see what he's doing, and this is dope. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I actually really like this film, and I was actually going to start with my introduction saying, like, could this, could Spike Lee be on another role? Even though Mike said he didn't like Black Klansman, I feel like he is starting to get back into his bag when it comes to knowing exactly, like, hitting the head, hitting the nail on the head. And I, I, I agree also with Mike that it starts off slow, but it's an interesting slow. As far as, like, we start off with, of course, like how most Spike Lee movies start off with a montage of Black Struggle or something like that, where he kind of sets you, he kind of puts you in the mindset of, the, of what you're about to experience. But then we also, like, as soon as we get out of that, we just see five uh, Vietnam War, old war vets kind of get back together like old school friends. And I really like that image. Um, 
especially just seeing bow-legged Eddie walking down <laughs> the hotel to meet uh to meet Otis and and even then when all the when all the uh, crew gets together we we're talking about Eddie, Paul, David, Otis and Melvin them going out having drinks, having fun in in a whole different country. We we, have, we don't really get to see a lot of black people, especially older black men get together like this as friends and go travel together just for fun. Even though we learned that this mission isn't just about fun, but them coming together. I did really like the beginning part. What about y'all? I think I, I can agree with you there. And initially when we first started watching it, it was like, because it was funny. Like, it was like, these are old men being old men. And it was, it felt like, um, like some, like the way I would see some of the older men in my family just kick it and just have fun with each other. So that was refreshing. And initially I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, it really came, it came across really black and very relatable for me um, with the way they talk, the way they move, how they were dancing. How old they know, are? Huh? <laughs> Nothing, really. <laughs> I did have a thought. I was like, man, like, what would we be like at 67? <laughs> like, I thought when I saw it, I was like, damn. Are we going to be like that? <laughs> yeah, I literally, I literally Arguing, yelling at each other, bickering. <laughs> oh man, but um, but yeah, no, I I, I like that part, that brotherhood, that reunion, them having a good time before they went and you know talk business. Uh, they were questioning like why these dudes looking at me, and then they understood and kind of diffused themselves. So yeah, yeah, I, I rock with the with the early beginnings. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing too, kid. When they was dancing and stuff, I was like, this look like how dead end get down, and they was at a gathering. <laughs> Everybody got their own vibe and their own set. Uh, I thought so. I, I appreciated that. But then, even uh, down to like their relationship dynamic, I think, and we can even touch on his character right now. But just the character, like Paul, man, was his name Delroy Lindo? Yeah. His like what he brought to this film is what he made me stick stick through this film because it's a long ass movie, so we ain't gonna go scene for scene. But it, it, he made me really want to just, like, focus in on what's going on. What, what is he dealing with? How does he relate to the rest of the guys? Like, even when they're sitting down and, and having that drink and he's wearing the MAGA hat talking about he w- voted for Trump and, like, the rest of his friends are kind of bagging on him. But at the end of the day, they still, because of what they went through in the war, they still protected him and still try to understand him regardless of what he was going through. I thought that was pretty dope as far as how they catered to Paul, even though they knew he was, a lo- like, a loose crew, uh, screw. Yeah, I mean, they didn't agree, they didn't agree with his decision, but um and they clowned him for it at times, but you know, at the same time they, they can understood it and that was their homie. So and I think that what I liked about that is that, you know, it just showed that we're not all a monolith and that there were black people that were out there like we already knew this anyway, but to put it on film, you know, and show that like not only did he vote for Trump, he's wearing the fucking hat. You know, and, and they're having a discussion about uh, you know, the things he did and the things he did, didn't do. He was like, man, I'm going to get mine, you know, and that's what it is. Like, I'm not worried about anything else. So I rock with that. What did you think of Paul, Mike? I mean, I thought, I thought what they did with him as far as being a Trump supporter and the way that idea and his kind of relation to Trump played out throughout the whole movie I mean, I know we'll get into it, but like, you know, down to the way he was acting as far as being extremely selfish 
um, down to being blatantly incorrect about shit. Like when he's trying to correct, um, what's the French dude's name? Uh, when he's talking to him about how America saved everybody in World War II, which just is not even close to being correct. <laughs> but this is some shit that Trump would do. You know, Trump would turn his back on his friends for money. You know what I'm saying? So I thought that the way that they, that Spike drove that idea home was, was really well done. And he acted his fucking ass off throughout this whole film. Yeah, Rod, uh, we're talking about Paul's uh, character. Um, but also, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the overall film, if you, whether you enjoyed it or not. But definitely, uh, Paul's character stands out, to, at least to, to me and Mike, as far as his performance in this film. What were your thoughts? Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy this film like that. Um, I like the idea of the film. I don't think I like the execution of the film. I did like, um, what's the name? Uh, Del Rey. He did have a really good performance, but I knew that when I saw he was in it. Oh, okay. Um, when I saw that he was in it, I was, I, I think I told you before I even saw the movie, I was like, oh, he's in it. I bet, I bet he does a great job. Cause I, I use, I typically like him as an actor. I really don't like the the shit dude, whatever his name is. Like David. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> for real. No, man, I, I, I don't. I don't like Isaiah Whitlock, man. Oh man. Yeah, I didn't like him in Black Klansman. So when I saw him, I, I really, especially because he was trying to play a kind of serious role at points. I just don't see him like that, man. And um, I didn't even know the other guy or whatnot. But Eddie. yeah, Eddie. You did. Eddie. Oh, Eddie, you didn't know. Okay, I thought you meant yeah, I didn't know Eddie. Yeah, I know Chad. Bo- uh, what's his name? Chad Bowden. Chad. No, yeah. that's that's Norman. You know Otis from The Wire. Yeah, I know Otis from The Wire, but I ain't really like him either. What? He was basically playing the same character. <laughs> I I know. I know. I, that, I I didn't like him on the. I didn't like him like that on The Wire either. But but um. But anyway, anyway. With that, all that being said, again, I think I, I like the idea of the movie. I just didn't like the execution of it. It, it, it was just too many things that I, I, I was rolling my eyes at. So I think, because since this is a long-winded movie, I'm going to jump around a little bit. But, Rod, at least the, for the beginning part, of it, it sounds like you and they kind of maybe were intrigued by the setup because you guys are saying you liked the idea and you maybe wanted to see where it was going to go. But when they get closer to like being like on their way to the jungle, because we find out that they're not only trying to look for their fallen soldier, their brother, as far as Chadwick Boseman's character, but they're also looking for the gold that they hid, that they found while they were out in the Vietnam War. Um, Was it at that point when they were on that journey, when they were getting to the jungle, when you were seeing the battle scenes, like, did you even find that part interesting as far as like how they mixed in like, I guess it looked like war footage with like them actually, you know, battling it out. For me, the flashbacks is what initially took me completely out of the movie. I'm supposed to believe that back in the seventies, these niggas look the same way that they look now. Like they look like old niggas in the, in the jungle. I think, but did, did you not? Hold on. At the end of the that movie, that was intentional. Yeah, that was intentional. Like, why? You want to say it, Nick? I mean, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I can't say it all, Mike. Go ahead. <laughs> so there, there, were, there were two reasons it was intentional. One is because Spike Lee literally didn't have the money 
because you know this is a movie he's been trying to make for years and they he just wasn't getting the funding so he got some of the money but he didn't get as much as he needed to make the movie so it was supposed to be younger actors but then he was like well shit it would make sense for me to use these old dudes still back in the day because he's trying to drive home this idea of these guys are still stuck in Vietnam. They've not moved on. Like the whole movie is kind of a testament to how black people's past affects their present and their future. These dudes were in Vietnam and ever since they left Vietnam, mentally, they never left Vietnam. I feel like you can still do that with other actors and I get that. And I, and I figured maybe it was a funding thing, but but I also like you. It's so many people that would love to be in a Spike Lee film, probably with no pay. Like, like I'm sure there's plenty of talented actors out there that would love to play these roles in this movie. Uh, in order for that to happen, there's other things that you can do to convey that that what you're saying as far as them still being stuck there. No, I'm with you, Rod. Like when I first when I first watched it, and even now, that is still my one critique that I have is mm-hmm. I thought that was clunky as hell. Yeah. But once it was over and I thought about it, I still think it's clunky, but I'm not as bothered by it because I see that it does actually make sense. Well, I thought there were, I was going to say, I thought it was also because of like, the, since they, they used the de-aging effect at the end when they did that photo shoot of like all five, I think yeah, all five of them together, even with uh, Chadwick Boseman's character. Mm-hmm. I thought it was more about that they couldn't afford to do the de-aging for the whole movie. Kind of like how, yeah. So like so like maybe yeah so maybe it was supposed to be de aged like maybe that it, it wasn't even supposed to be younger actors probably by the time that they wanted to shoot like what if he was just trying to be like let's just do the de aged thing but right. since that couldn't go it's just like fuck it let's just do what we got we'll just de age them at the end to show you this is what they really looked like when they were younger instead of what we saw on screen. See, Apparently, it's a hundred million to de-age somebody for a movie. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, de-aging is is a, is a new technology that costs a grip, and, and that's yeah. yeah I want to say um, um, Scorsese was saying just how much it was. You know, you got to use like this certain this certain kind of camera to do it. it. It's just it's just so so difficult. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. I'm with name, man. That really that really made it a little disjointed because it it affected a lot of other things like like them climbing up the hill. Like, it's hard to believe that, okay, these these guys are climbing up this hill with big backpacks. They, they're they old as hell. And it's like, it, it, it kind of takes you out of it. But I think they made it pretty clear that they weren't climbing the hill very easily. They were struggling. Yeah. Yeah, I know they were struggling, but it was just, it just wasn't believable. Hmm. It wasn't yeah, believable, yeah. man. It, 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 that's one of them roll my eyes moments. Like, I, I just don't believe it. I think the thing about the the fighting scene when they were trying to give us a glimpse of what they were like, the only critique I had about that, uh, in addition to what you guys were saying for me, was um, they didn't really come off as badasses to me. And, you know, when I was watching them go through, like, I think their, their uh, fighting, you know, techniques and cover this and cover that, um, you know, the Viet Cong just ultimately just ended up leaving. So I didn't really get a sense like these motherfuckers are not to be fucked with. That's a small critique, but, you know, one of the guys said he did three tours and he told him, he said, I'm going to kill tougher motherfuckers than you. You know, so, um, but that was it. You know, like I really wanted to see him like, you know, like show me that y'all can fuck some motherfuckers up. 
at 70? No, no, no. With, with it, it was supposed to be the flashback. Yeah, oh, no, which, no. which flashback are you talking about? When, when uh, Norman was part of them. So when they flashed back to Norman. So when they got shot out of the helicopter mm-hmm. and were on the ground and they didn't even have a uh, tactical advantage. Like, oh, that part. Had, yeah, so that was it. They fucked him up. He had that little thunk gun. Thunk, thunk. He fucked him up. Well, that was Chad. <laughs> Oh, John Wick! Like this is this is, <laughs> this is one thing that was Chadwick doing, huh? That was Chadwick doing that. Stop. Oh, I thought you were saying. I said you want John Wick. I thought you said well, that's Chad. Wick. Oh no! The <laughs> <laughs> timing, the timing was kind of crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> that would be funny. No, nah, but I mean, this is one thing that I did see that like people were saying is that this this movie was a lot more realistic as far as how they depicted people in Vietnam than just about any other film. So, I mean, yeah, in a war situation, it's not going to beat dudes jumping out, black, 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 like in Walking Dead or nothing like that. Like, And they mention it in the film, too, because they talk about, like, oh, we don't like Sylvester Stallone or uh, these other guys who glorify yeah. the war in, in like, right. with the Rambos and stuff like that. Like, I want, he even said, I forgot the name, but they, obviously with Spike Lee, he was dropping a lot of knowledge as far as like the historical context and the real heroes of war, especially during the Vietnam time. So he mentioned a few other people that he was like, I'd rather see a movie about them and their story. So it kind of just relates it back. Like this is meant to be realistic. This isn't meant to be, like you said, John Wick with black people. Right. Yeah, I just think for me, if it would have been, because I felt like even in the fight scenes when they were running and things, it just, to surprise saying it didn't look believable. It just did, it didn't. It, they looked older, even in the flashback scenes to me. So if they had younger actors who were more nimble and more able to run a little bit quicker, it, it would have felt more real to me. It would have felt like, to me, as someone who has no war experience, it would have felt more like a war and like they were badasses if I saw them at least running. <laughs> I, but I mean, every every soldier is going to come back from Vietnam or a war situation and tell maybe people that weren't there how much of a badass they were. I never really took from this film that they really were these, like, gangster-ass dudes really going over there fucking everybody up. That's just how they talk. Like, oh, we were the baddest motherfuckers in the, in the, in the unit. Could nobody fuck with us. In reality, like, yeah, those dudes were kind of fucking y'all up a little bit at multiple points throughout the film. I mean, but to survive three tours, that does say something about you as a soldier. Right. right. But that was lucky. But that was Paul, exactly. though. I don't know about anybody else. No one else talked about how, how many tours they did. I don't know if they did them all together or, or they just signified. Like, this, the tour that they were all on <laughs> was the one that bonded them, so that's the one they focus on. I think but Paul no one Mel- only did three. Huh? I think Paul was the only one that did three. Yeah, that's what I was and saying. It feels I think... like he went, and I don't know which one where he killed Norman, but, you know, it feels like he may have went back intentionally because he couldn't deal with what he did. Yeah. That's but what even he look at the end. Say what? That's what he says at the end. Mm-hmm. That he did more tours because of that? No, that, that he went back. To, to face his, his demons. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know why he went back oh, as he was okay. old, but I'm talking about, like... During the time, why he was right. going back touring. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. Because yeah. they do but that looking, shit. Yeah, when they get all fucked up like that, they just go back. But that's all they know is war. Huh? I'm sorry. I was talking over you. Go ahead. No, you're good. 
I was yep. just saying that's all they know. Yep. You know, like when they come back, they're they feel like they're treated worse than they were treated over there. So they're like, well, we may as well just stay over here. I know how to fight. I know how to shoot. I'm used to bullets flying by my head. What I'm not used to is coming back to the United States and having people treat me. Because, I mean, you got to think about that war. Most Americans at that point weren't for that war. They knew that war was bullshit. And a lot of people didn't know where to place their blame, so they placed it on the soldiers. So you had all these black men who really didn't have a lot of options. They couldn't get good jobs at that point. So they're like, well, shit, I can either be broke, poor, not provide for my family, or I can go to fucking Vietnam, fight for my, fight for my country, make a bunch of money or whatever. And that's what they did. So Paul's character, he's just like, well, I know war. I know how it feels to be over there. I don't like how I'm feeling here, so let me just go back. Yeah, I, I found it interesting as far as, like, to, to that point that you were mentioning between you and Ken, uh, Mike and Ken. Um, what did y'all think about the scene as far as, like, when they found out that MLK died and, like, it was over that Vietnam radio and what they were trying to tell the black troops. It reminded me of that episode of Watchmen where they kind of did the same thing, where it was just like, why are y'all fighting this war when y'all not even respected by the country y'all fighting for? Mm-hmm. I, I, I love that. And I like how they used it throughout the film to kind of, you know, um, you know, as, as Mike discussed earlier, like they were conflicted about that whole situation. And when you're mistreated in, in America and you're looked as less than a person, when, as they said in the film, they're letting white people go to college and get jobs and they're just sending, not only sending the black people over there, but sending them on the front lines, like first infantry and shit. You know, it's like, why are you fighting this war when we can treat you so much better here? And that was some real shit that they were hearing, you know, at that time. And there was a lot of conflict and struggle with communism and socialism and all that shit. You know, and when you go back and read about that shit, that's why a lot of those ideas were so prevalent because they were hearing that stuff, you know, while they were fighting. And, you know, from what I've seen, you know, most of that stuff was really sincere. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like, like I had just had a conversation with, remember I told you I work with the Black History Museum a lot, and I was talking with the president of the Black History Museum, and he was just talking about that quote from Ali when he was just like, how, you know, going to fight, the, you know, the white man's war, and why, why would I fight this war? They ain't said, they ain't called me a nigga, they ain't, they ain't did this and did that. I, and I thought it was just interesting that the movie started out like that. I was mm-hmm. like, damn, I just had that conversation. And, and she said it. She, um... Tim Tim was the one that said, what did he say? Uh, You know, I'm a whore. You know, you're a meow. And that's a word that they taught me. Mm -hmm. They taught me what the word nigger was. Mm -hmm. So there was no way I could tell you that this was your daughter or the real truth about that whole situation or we all be fucked up. Nay, how you feel about that Otis situation? You was about to say something else, though. Hold on, say about what? The Otis situation and his daughter and, and how that was... Okay. introduced in the film yeah uh, so i'll get to that so it was what i was gonna say is that it was weird timing for me watching it too because we just saw um one of my good friend's son off he just went to the army reserve mm. so it was like really weird timing because we were watching him and kind of having that conversation with him about his decision to go off to the army and now i'm coming here watching this so it was a it was really weird timing for me also and i did not like that whole um Thing with the daughter it's like 
it was so on the nose and it was so obvious and it just a lot of the things like to Rod's point I like what they were trying to say but the way they did it just felt cliche to me it just felt real yeah it just mm, I didn't like it about the, the daughter part yeah, yeah. I, I didn't need that was my other critique is it didn't make sense when I first watched it because I was like this chick looks like she's like 23 shouldn't she be like 45 at this point but that's another small critique but I didn't really like that either it didn't really seem like it had a purpose right what was the point it's I hate to say it but it felt Tyler Perry-ish it's like what was the mm-hmm. need for that like you could have communicated the conflict of him falling in love with a woman in Vietnam and him being a black soldier without oh you have this mystery daughter that I couldn't tell you about like why but that happens a lot though I'm sure it happens a lot but what was the point of it for this story I I think I think it was what I gathered from it was the small part where you know like she didn't like the whole um nigger part where she was like they taught me what the word nigger was we didn't have that word in our language for you so you take that one small part and then add that to the radio propaganda that they were hearing and I think that's the connection that I made between that I'll tell you what I thought because I I, I, I don't know if I've heard these stories I just kind of knew of these stories but like I've heard like like uh, military guys just make jokes with other guys saying like, yo, I, don't, I got some babies overseas. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've heard those conversations before and, and I, that's what I kind of took from that scene. Like, oh yeah, that's real shit because, you know, they're not going to reach back out and be like, yo, call them on the phone like, hey, I need you to pay these bills or I need you to, to help me raise this child because they know like more than likely they're not if, you know, or, or they may not even know that, you know, whose child it is. I, I don't know, but I, I have heard that, I don't know if that's a stereotype, but I have heard that, you know, dude saying, why what you say, what you say, yeah, you've heard that too? No, when you said, I don't know if it's a stereotype, I was saying okay. it's not, I was listening to you. Got you, got you, yeah, that, that, yeah, they, people don't even know if they have children. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, that, that happens in, in, in our country, like, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know if I got a, a baby in California, uh, Sandy, you know, like, but just imagine overseas in Vietnam, like, you definitely don't know there. Yeah. Yeah, prostitution was a very big thing over there, so I mean, these guys are over there for so long, of course, Mm -hmm. they're gonna make a mistake, you know what I'm saying, pull a Lawrence, but I mean, (laughs) I thought thought it was interesting that that they had the the propaganda lady that was on there, Um, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but it looks like Hanoi Hannah but she was actually like a real person mm. that was doing these radio broadcasts where she was actually speaking in English. And you can go, you can go find some of her, her, her broadcasts, or whatever, but it's actually interesting because some of them, she was directly speaking to black people because we were such a large number of the soldiers over there. And she's like, why are you here when your own country doesn't give a fuck about you? Why are you over here destroying our country? And I thought it was really dope that Spike Lee put that in there and made it so accurate. And to that, and to that point, Mike, that's, that's why I'm real careful of how I criticize Spike Lee because I know he just don't do shit just to do it. And he has, like, historical references to things. So that's why when I know he's very intentional with, what, with his work. So 
even though like some stuff may land flat for me or I may not understand it fully, I know that that's always some sort of reason why Spike Lee does something. I'm sorry. I don't know. No, no, no. Go ahead. So if that's the case, I have a question. Does anybody know what was meant by the Jordans that he was chasing on the boat? Oh, that was just showing, once again, America's materialism. Like, there were people, someone had thrown the shoes on the, the whatever that was. I guess it wasn't really a telephone like line. A it was like a power line. It got a power line. I don't think that scene really meant that much. I thought it was actually kind of funny that he was trying to get those Jordans off of, off of the power line. You're over there in a foreign country, 100-and-something degree weather. That's and you still want Jordans. Right. And that's what you're focusing on is some shoes. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one kind of came off corny to me. Um, really? Yeah, it did because I mean, because Spike Lee does that in his movies, right? They have the shoes because it's a new, like New York scene. They have it, so I was like, okay, yeah, what, like, why? I mean, and but then Nate, you actually made a point during the movies, like, well, don't they make them over there? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, huh, that's an interesting point. Right? In Vietnam. I don't know. Like I, I don't know if they do or not. They may make them overseas. They don't. I don't think they make them here. And they, and they come easy over there. Like something that's so like cause those are like like really exclusive twelves, Michael Jordan twelves. Oh, and, like, yeah. So they so those were exclusive shoes. So mm-hmm. that that's why he was trying to get them. Like he was like, and they, they were laughing at him. So I was just like, okay, what was the point of that? I, I just didn't get it. Well, that makes even more sense then. If they're if they're super exclusive, I just thought they were just a pair of fucking shoes. No, nah, they're So are those like really expensive shoes here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, then yeah, it would it 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 totally makes sense then. If if somebody threw those shoes up there, it makes sense why he would be trying to trying to get them. It, it makes sense though as to why he would try to get those shoes, but why are those shoes there? Oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I asked that question, but I just, I just <laughs> went with it. I'm like, because I, I, I thought what the message that he was trying to convey was more important, important when I watched it than how did the shoes get there. But as soon as he, as soon as he couldn't get them, I was like, who the fuck put those shoes up there? <laughs> that's exactly what I said. That's it. But I was like, okay, all right. And those type of shoes out of all type of shoes, like those aren't just some fuck around beat up shoes. Those are some. Like I said, some exclusive shoes. Maybe it was maybe it was a nigga trap. <laughs> <laughs> what did y'all think about uh, Storm and Norman Chadwick Boseman's character and how he was the glue, pretty much for this whole movie without being like a main, like in in a lot of the scenes that were really impactful. Wait, before that though, going back to the boat, did, did y'all think? It was a little too much when the when the guy came and he was harassing him about the chicken. That seemed like that lasted way too long. Great. Really? Tell me why. Because that shit happens. Like, that dude is probably shit poor, and they think that everybody in America is rich. So he kept asking him, chicken, 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 do you want the chicken, do you want the chicken? And obviously he didn't understand the language fully. I'm sure he knows the word no. But he probably yeah. thinks if he keeps asking that eventually they'll give in and buy it. And I thought that the way that they played that scene out to where it got to a point where Paul just flipped the fuck out. I thought that scene was great. You thought it went too long from, from, the, from the Asian guy's perspective? Well, well, okay, so they did it the first time, right, with the guy that had the one leg when they were inside the bar. 
he came and was asking them to buy, mm-hmm. I forgot what asking it was. For asking for money. Asking for money. So they did out. it then, and he went off. And so they did it again with that scene. I'm like, okay, why are they trying to drive this home? Like, Because that's what happens. Because that because they I think that whole scene was to set up the part about you killed my parents. Mm-hmm. Because that's how that's how a lot of them view Americans. Ameri- no, I like that part. I, I do. I like that part. It, it's just more so the the drag. The, I just feel like it was drag, drag, dragged out a little, a little, a little. Think about it. When you were watching that scene, you were getting really fucking annoyed at that chicken man, weren't you? No, I'm no, getting annoyed that we still dealing with this. <laughs> I'm like. Because oh, I'm, like, I'm hearing him speak, say no in his language. So I'm like, okay, right. he told you no in, in your native tongue and then even in the American tongue. And that's what he told Ving. He was like, no means no, just it's a universal thing. Mm-hmm. I don't get why he, he why he keeps persisting. But I understood because I, I, I feel right on, the, on how extended it was. But when he said the line, I haven't sold the chicken all day. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, okay. That's why, because he's desperate right. to make a sale to go back home to sell to his family, and then both of them just kind of snapped. The other okay. question, I was like, why is it taking Bing so long to get his ass over here? It's a small-ass boat. <laughs> what I will say that I did like about that scene is how, because he flipped out, he then, he then offended, what's his name, the tourist bank? Is it the tourist bank? Yeah, because then he called him a gook. And it was like, they know what that means. Like, I know what that means. So it's like now, in your frustration, you've pissed off all everybody else, like everybody else in the boat. And now you got an even deeper situation because this nigga asked you questions. Another callback to Trump. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was the callback? So, oh, maybe- oh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I really love that. I like that scene because it leads to them opening up about Paul's PTSD. And and then also just the rest of the group opening up opening up about the demons that they struggle with. But Paul was like, "Nah, mine's is worse because I see Norman every night, talking which is him. talking to me." And that made me want to ask y'all again, like as far as like storming Norman and Chadwick Boseman's character, did y'all did y'all like his performance? Did y'all like his presence in the film? I still see him as as King T'Challa, man. And I think I said this also in the notes, huh? He could be King T'Challa over there. Maybe that's where T'Challa started. He started over in Vietnam, became Black Panther later. Yeah. I, I said this on another, on something else we did, man. I, I can't unsee him as that for some reason. Um, I, 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 His revolution, I think he was like, so I've been trying to figure out how I felt about him because at, at some points he hit and, and others he didn't. Oh, yes. Um, and, and that was the thing, like, um, when they had the conversation about, you know, we got to go back and we got to give to our people or something along those lines. And he kind of, he said, you guys would um, basically sit over my dead body. And he brought everybody together to do the whole little fist thing. Um, but then they proceeded to waste all them goddamn bullets. And I'm like, what the hell? You're giving up your position, shooting in the goddamn sky, and you might need those goddamn bullets later on. Which was another <laughs> moment that takes me out. I'm like, okay, like, it just—it was just too many moments that took me out, and that was one too. Yeah, but, uh, you was making a face. Like, what was the face for? At Zoe. Oh. oh, but um, but I mean, I do disagree with both of you, but that wasn't why I was making a face. Yeah, but but him being like the centerpiece and him coming back later on after they got the gold and um how 
it really messed, like Eddie really wanted to give the money out and how ultimately that's what ended up happening in some aspects in the end. Like they ended up fulfilling his, his, his wishes. Um, you know, I understood, but you know, uh, it, it didn't fully come together with him with me. Cause one of the things that I guess messed me up, he was like, he's the baddest soldier you ever know. And I know they talk glowingly about their time, but I'm like, I didn't see a badass soldier when he was up there. Well, I'll say this. I feel like his character was less about his character and more about what he represented to the soldiers is what I gathered from it. And I think it was more about like the things that he said and the way he kept them as a unit through that time and through war. So I appreciated that to me was like, when we say like I appreciated what this movie was trying to say and the way it showed like the camaraderie of so- this camaraderie these soldiers had during this time period in this war but in terms of Chadwick sometimes some of his he overacts sometimes to me so some of the things and some of the monologues didn't necessarily hit however I think they did a good job of portraying his his position in these men's life so you like Norman? So Mike, you like Nor- Norman's screen time? Uh-huh. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it again. Y'all have to get away from this. They're a badass, or they have to act like Rambo. You have to step away from that. That's not what. That's I don't think that that's the point that they were trying to drive home. I think Nay's correct when he when she said that when they're talking about he was the baddest soldier. They weren't talking about he's gonna run out and shoot everybody up like Optimus Prime. They're saying like. He was a leader when they didn't really have a leader. Like when they, they weren't talking about let's go home and help our people when they found out that MLK was assassinated. They were talking about let's go home and fuck shit up. And Norman was like, no, y'all need to calm down. Over my dead body, am I going to allow y'all to leave here, go home and act violently and do whatever, whatever, whatever. He was the one that was always, he was supposed to be like their Martin Luther King, which I hate always bringing him up, but he was supposed to be like their Martin Luther King character. Well, um, Otis even says he was like he was our Martin and Malcolm. Like right. he knew one. He knew one to be he violent. He, yeah. I thought. I mean, I get it. He he did. He does overact, but I I I I take less of that from Chadwick. And I put more of that on Spike Lee because I feel like every single Spike Lee film, he makes actors do that shit. So I, I think that that was intentional. He was supposed to be like this Messiah character and they were driving that point in a bit much. Like even when they had him sitting in that chair with the things that looked like the Game of Thrones chair, it was like, all right, we get it. Well, it looked like Huey P. Newton most, most mm-hmm. to me. No, I'm saying that, the wait, what now? It looked like Huey P. Newton. It looked like a, it looked like a, not a replica, but it looked more like Huey P. than, than, than anything for me. The chair did. Yeah, I don't know that. You're, like you the, ever seen that picture? Chair, like, yeah. You remember the wicker chair picture with Huey P. Newton? The wicker chair when he's sitting in the wicker chair. I don't, I don't know that I know that picture. You, you've seen it. You probably didn't. I probably just don't it. think about it. Yeah, yeah. You, I'm sure you're right. Then I, I, I took it as more of that those those Jesus auras. But you're probably right. Maybe that's what they were going for. I think the Messiah thing was what what kind of brought me in and out of it at times. I love what he told them about the speech. It was like, you know, have a purpose. Right. And they didn't have a purpose. They just, they wanted rage. And, you know, he was like, what is that going to accomplish? 
Mm-hmm. I love the messaging there. Um, it's just the it, it felt like um, Norman, Stormy Norman, and he was, but it felt at times like he, like Paul was the one that had the most issue with him. And then the others, it felt like the others didn't love him as much as they did until they dug him up. And that's when I, I saw like them really mm-hmm. convey the, convey convey like their loving and compassion for the guy they talked glowingly about him but paul was the one obviously because he killed him that was really bothered and and he was like a demon and a weight over his 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 soul throughout the whole show movie i disagree with that part too i think that they look i I don't know was your dad in um ken uh my uncle served and i think my dad went over there too yeah my dad was in nam yeah. And I saw every bit of him in these dudes, the way he acts. They they're like a lot of those dudes, they don't just come out and be like, man, I love you. I just want to tell you, I love you. They don't do that because that's not the way that, that, that they were taught to be in the military. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that throughout the movie, those dudes in their own way showed that they loved Storm and Norman, but you're right. Paul showed it in a different way because he's the one who killed Storm and Norman. Yeah. And the other dudes didn't know that. They thought Storm and Norman went out in battle. He was killed by the Viet Cong. So, I mean, yeah, they talked glowingly of him, but I definitely felt like they really loved this guy because all the things that Storm and Norman was saying back then, it sunk in with these guys way later. Mm-hmm. And they started to realize, damn, this dude was right 40 years ago. And look mm-hmm. at us now. Because yeah. even Eddie had a picture of him as soon as they got to the hotel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I got the impression that they all like loved him. It's just that Paul had a different type of. Initially, until I realized that he killed him, I thought this Paul was just had a, a worse PTSD and had a harder time dealing with his death and dealing with the loss of him than everyone else. But as the movie went on, we realized because he had personal demons about the way he died. You know what I thought they were going to do? I thought it was going to be gay. Make, huh? Yes, Nick. Me too. I really? thought that they were going to make it to where Paul and Norman were having a relationship. And I was going to be fucking annoyed. Not, yeah. of course, on some like anti-LGBT type of thing. I was going to be annoyed because that would have been such a corny route to go with this. Mm-hmm. I never got that. I never got that. I just, thought, it, I just thought he had severe PTSD. Nah, because it was just like he was so close compared to everyone else like y'all I, pointed out. It felt like there was a unique relationship there that made, and especially with him being the last person that he saw alive. Cause like, I think before we find out that he killed him is that there was a scene where uh, Paul goes up to Otis and like, and he's like, where's Norm? He's like, he got shot down. He's gone. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I felt maybe he lost his lover in battle. And it was like, you know, that messes you up a little bit more than anything else too. It was I, like- I mean, that was, no, I, and I, I could see exactly how y'all could see that. But it was at that moment, I was like, I had a suspicion that he killed him. But it was in that moment where I was like, oh, I, I, I'm pretty sure he killed him. Because he was the only one that constantly seen this guy every single night. He was, like, tortured by this guy. And I'm like, it, the only reason why it would, he would be that tortured is if he – was responsible for his death in some kind of way, whether he killed him or whether he left him, you know, and, and, uh, you know, in under fire or something like that. And, you know, what happened, but I, I could totally see what you guys are saying though. 
I never once thought he killed him. Like when that, really? yeah, bro. When that happened, I was I was in my seat like, oh, <laughs> no, yeah. what? I was clutching my pearls the whole night. I was like, bro, I did not see that coming at all, at all. I expected when that when that I can't remember if it was a if it was a man or a woman, but that person when they were coming up around the back, I was like, okay, this is when Norman dies. I thought that person was gonna come up there and they were gonna kill Norman. Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't get it when he showed him the bullet wound? No, 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 no. I'm saying before, before oh, oh, okay. I was thinking that that woman was going to be the one to kill Norman. So when Paul turned around and sprayed, that shit fucked me up. And then it was like, now I get why he's like this. Yeah. Now, now I get why he's he's so fascinated with Trump and why he's so quick to get angry. I get it. He's been sitting on this shit for 40 years. How does that translate to him being being a Trump supporter? Because I think it's the whole make America great again. Like he's wearing that hat. And I think that in his mind, it was almost like things were, were great before all of this stuff happened. So he's like, maybe if like, if I can force myself to go back to this time when before this shit happened, that's when my life was great. And I think he looks at Trump like the same way a lot of downtrodden people look at Trump. They think, you know, I've been down in the dumps. And if this guy who has no political background can make it, then so can I. And I think that's what was in Paul's head. So it was like all of these things throughout the film. I kind of want to go back and watch it again, but it's so fucking long. But all of those things make so much more sense when we find out that he's the one that shot him. I, I gave up on the, the gay thing based off of, like, once I found out, once his son was talking about his mother and how much he loved his mother and how that affected their relationship, mm-hmm. once we find out how uh, David was conceived, or not conceived, but his birth and all that, then I realized, like, okay, it must be something else. He must have killed him. Either he lo- it's a thin line between love and hate. Either he killed him or he loved him. We'll be back after this quick break. Paul and David's relationship, even off rip, I didn't. I you kind of knew he was related to him somehow, some way, but you didn't know in what extent. And then when you find out it's his son, you see basically the relationship play out for the rest of the film. Is it safe to say it was? It's a horrible yet beautiful relationship that they have as father and son. Huh? Because like about that man, it was it was terrible. But I mean, even at the end, like that letter at the end, he gave him. He. You don't think that was nice? No, he he wrote that before he called him a, a backstabber and left him to die. Well, he had PTSD. His, his mind was a little off anyway. Right, so I don't see the beauty. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it don't matter. There's no beauty in that. That shit hurts, man. Yeah. The only beautiful moment was when he told him he loved him, and I thought maybe it'd be more of that, but then it went in the opposite direction. You're talking about when um when he thought he saw something? Yeah. Like. Man, when I tell y'all, I laughed when he said, that's no goddamn monkey. No goddamn monkey. It was. <laughs> there ain't no goddamn monkey. Oh, shit. That shit awesome. me up. I know well, they had a tender moment there, which I thought was weird because you could tell it was they had a strained relationship. And then, you know, he kind of conveyed his, his emotions there. Um, I think I was, you know, I definitely thought about my dad because my dad wasn't a very emotional guy. 
And throughout this film, I thought about him and like the things that he never even shared and some of the stuff he started to share when he got late. I thought about my uncle who was kind of like Paul itself. He was just completely gone. Like he was like Paul and the guy that was on the drugs, like as, as well as self, you know, he became an addict. So um, there was a lot of things that I could relate to there, but you know, that, that longing to have like that close relationship with your father that you never get because, you know, of their situations, they, you know, have to be somewhat detached. And, you know, that was my father. My father didn't start telling me he loved me until he was about to damn die. Mm-hmm. So, until he was late, late, late in his, in his mm-hmm. years, man. And I was in my thirties or forties. So. Yeah. Um, I know it's moving ahead, but I, I did like the moment of them when, you know, obviously he was, he was on that landmine. That's probably one of my favorite scenes. Yes, that was dope. That was a moment for me. I felt that one. Like, I really, really, really felt that one. So I felt the love and compassion there in that moment. Did you see Eddie coming, though? Uh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. saw that a mile away. I was like, he's about the way to he was slow. Yeah, yeah, like who walked like that? Who walks backwards like that? I was like, well, they said he walked. They said he even walked backwards, pitching. Yeah, that was funny as <laughs> shit, though. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It was because it, 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 it was so obvious. It was so. I, I was. I honestly, I didn't think it was gonna be a landmine. That shocked me. I thought it was gonna be the little um when they showed the little Vietnam um mm. the, people, the little soldiers or whatever. I thought they were gonna shoot them. But it was so obvious, and it's like I don't—I didn't know if they were trying to crack a joke to diffuse the fact that it was obvious. It just—that's just... like yeah. old people would say, though, don't it? He even walked backwards, pitching. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me on the back side. They were some true old niggas, like that. That's what I will give them. They were some—I mean, you couldn't get any realer than them, like as far as being Until old. They calling each other jive turkeys and I'm the baddest. They never let it go, no. They they never let that shit go. They don't. They don't. But um (laughs) but speaking of speaking of pigeon toe, like that dude had extreme pigeon toe. Like do they like in the military? Oh serious. That's a good question. (laughs) The guy was can't run. (laughs) Cause I was like, yo, yo, and that's little stuff like that takes me out. Like I'm like they let pigeon niggas in the in the. In they the would, they would let him in there because he's black and they don't care about him. Right, exactly. I was gonna say that. Right. That was my Just point. You I don't know, Nate. You can't run pigeon toed. That is not. That is not. That is not. He was just running a circle because he can't. <laughs> <laughs> that is not threatening at all. If I saw a pigeon toe <laughs> coming at me with a with an AK forty seven, because he hey right. He running like Martin did off of life when he stole that pie. Right <laughs> hey, can you imagine the whole front line of niggas just pigeon toes? I like, oh, about to take these niggas out. I'm about to take these niggas out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yo. Yo, stupid. It but I, I, I get the people that's kind of pigeon toed, but it was extreme. It probably got more extreme as he got older, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I, so, so the thing about the landmines, because I knew that that was put in there for a reason. Yeah, I thought the goal was gonna be goddamn landmines. Me too. I was expecting that. Oh, I didn't think that. Yeah, I thought that that was gonna be landmines, and I knew, I knew Eddie was done once he told this little sob story about how he was broke. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> Broke niggas got to die. <laughs> we saw that coming. Yeah, again, yeah. we saw that. I mean, yeah. we saw it coming from that point. Like, that yep. dude, dude is about to die. That's yeah, even, even before he started backing up. When he started talking about how he broke, we was like, oh, yeah, he gone. He started talking about how broke he was and all that nigga said was sorry, bro. I mean, it was- <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was funny. That was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> damn. <laughs> they said, damn, like, damn. <laughs> man. Uh, this shit was so real to me, man. And when, when he- it had, it had <laughs> real moments. It had real moments. It did. Hey, what about when uh when Paul told him he said <laughs> he said he said, I understand your slant, slant mop or whatever he said. Pussy. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what he said, but, but that and he shit, was foul. That shit was foul but funny, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what his old black man would say. Yep, Paul was great. Yeah. Paul was great. He, yeah, I mean, Paul, he, yeah, he, he killed that he shit. He damn near carried this movie for me. Now, nah, what what always had me cracking up was Melvin. As he always had some food, and he was always had a, a drink of liquor in his head. <laughs> always seen. doing something. Yeah. <laughs> I just did not like him. He was always having ah. a good time, which is why I was surprised. I he made him say shit in every movie. It's like he got a tagline. He take it got to, to every <laughs> goddamn <laughs> She got to. I loved it. We said shit. <laughs> you know it's coming. You know it's coming at some point. You know it's coming at some point. Did y'all see the after was... credit scene? Nah. Oh, <laughs> they got the whole. They got the whole cast to sit up there and go. She. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, you didn't. No, they didn't. Mike, tell me, no, you lie. You lie. <laughs> I can't believe you kept it on after. Nah, I was about to say that movie. So that movie was too long. I didn't until somebody told me. I, somebody oh. there's an after. They didn't tell me what it was. They said, "Yo, did you see the after credit scene?" I was like, "Really? There is one." So I was like, "Okay, let me go check it out." And that's all it was. But were you guys waiting for it? Because I, I yeah. was like, you gotta say it at some point. He's gonna say it. He was gonna say it. Spike Lee always get him to say it whenever he put him in his movie. To be yeah. honest, I didn't know. I didn't. I knew I recognized his face, mm. but I didn't realize it was Clay Davis. I, I feel you. I didn't. I didn't realize it at first either. Yeah, you're right. I, I didn't realize it at first, and then when I did, I was like, damn it. <laughs> man, he had to say it. Man, he got to. It was. What, he had another funny line. He was like. Well, damn, Otis, we might as well put the gold bricks on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, that's what put it down. <laughs> oh, I, I give him, he does have some moments, but but a lot of those moments, just, I, I just be like, ah. So, all right, so he said, they, that was fucked up for him to turn on them white people like that. Well, yeah, I was going to ask, should they have kidnapped the white folks? But was it a kidnapping, though? Because they were walking without being tied up. It was, by, it was by gunpoint. Let him loose. Oh. Paul, Paul wanted to kill him. Clearly, Paul, Paul yeah. wanted to kill him. But Paul wanted to kill him because he didn't know if they were going to go back and tell about mm-hmm. all that gold. So he knew that over in Vietnam, in the woods somewhere, they can go kill these motherfuckers and nobody would even know it was them. Mm-hmm. How did they just so happen to be in the same stretch of woods that these other niggas was in? Because they were looking for landmines, and that was the stretch of the the, the jungle that had the landmines. Remember those? Huh? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. What did you say? No. Go ahead. I was. Let, I need to let you finish. I was. Just, I was just saying that their whole purpose was they were. I forget what the acronym was, but the, it was like it was yeah. a lamb, But I, yeah. it was like I forget what it stood for. Landmine something something. 
their whole thing was they were over there looking for landmines. So it wasn't just that they just so happened to run up on them. The guy had that machine. Remember the, the chubby guy? He had that detector. So it was they were going to find the landmines regardless of whether or not Paul and them were there. Speaking of, it was too many, and that's another issue I had. It was too many just so happens for me in this movie. And kind that of wasn't going, just so happens, though. Well, 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 kind of going back to, because I think we kind of skipped the, them actually finding the goal. We skipped that. Oh, yeah. That wasn't a just so happens either. They had, oh, you're talking about because he went and took a shit? Yeah, it's like, right where the yeah. place you about to take a shit is like, ting, ting, ting. I'm like. Yeah. That uh, was, I agree. Uh, I mean, they were close to it. It would have made more sense if they found it in a better way because, I mean, they had the coordinates and they were right there. But, yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. That was stupid. Yeah, I didn't rock with that too much. Plus, I thought they were making a lot of noise again. I'm like, somebody could find y'all. And mm-hmm. then, uh, but, yeah, when David found that goal, like, he had the highest, like, pitching, falsetto-ass laughs in the whole thing. They all were. You? I would, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Millions of dollars. Yeah, and then, now, when what, digging, and then when they started digging up the goal, I felt like that's one of those things that, drew, that, that dragged out too long. They could have straightened it out. I, Cause, like, yeah, cause I, I kept thinking that they were going to be attacked because it went on so long. Mm-hmm. It's good. Y'all just... That's why it's two hours and 35 minutes. <laughs> y'all didn't let yourselves be sucked into the film. I was. It was just... I felt you know, there. Mm-hmm. I, didn't. I, I, didn't need, I didn't need that that scene to go on that long in order to feel there. I I I liked it. I liked the fact that they were realizing that that it was it must have been a landslide. The shit moved around. Oh, this is the box. Oh, this ain't the box. Where is the shit? I like that. I That's mean, I, I get it. It could have been shortened, but yeah. You know. yeah, just shortened, just shortened. I get it, but yeah, they. Oh, here go one. Oh, here go one over it's here. Oh, here go one over Now, what was crazy is I thought that David was going to step on a landmine while taking a shit. <laughs> That's how he was going to go out. That would have been funny as hell, too. <laughs> Damn, what happened is when they found um, Norman. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to. I was like, how the hell are they going to listen to the PTS dude talking about some, oh, yeah, this Norman. Nigga, how the hell you know what dead body is underneath all that? He was the only dead body out there. Right. And they had the name, t- they had the doll tags, Nick. I was just well, talking about the way they found him, though. It's like you, out of all of this stretch of woods and and, and land, like oh, how? he was he was buried next to the gold, so they knew that if where they, where he originally was was right next to the gold. At okay. some point, there was a a landslide, which okay. pushed them down the hill. So okay. they knew if the gold was here, Norman had he to be there. Yeah, I'll give you that one. I'm just that. saying. I'm just saying. With all I feel like guys. I feel like he should have been deeper in the ground than that. Yeah, no, <laughs> you, know, you did a couple holes. Like, look, I, I understand that I might be nitpicking, but I'm just trying to tell you that it's too many things that took me out, and that, and that and that's like I, I'm cool with 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 a certain amount of things that you know I'm not you know that 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 takes me out of something, but it was just too many things that moved me out of this film. You know what I was trying to figure out. Could you really save somebody's life playing tug of war off of a landmine? I feel like you after they did it. I had to rewind it a few times, but after they did it, I feel like you could. After after they did it, I was like, "Oh, that that actually makes kind of sense." 
Like, you, let's just think about that. If you if you snatch something like that, like you're basically avoiding the, avoiding it. Why you gotta snatch and run at the same time? So he's jumping and snatching at the same time. Yeah, that, that's a that's that that's fast. That's really fast. Yeah, no, I know. I'm, okay. I just I've never heard of that before in my life or seen it. Leave it up to Spike, bro. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, that was a really good direction. I, I really like what he did with that. I, I really like what he did with that. From them tugging him, him jumping. I'm like, oh, that actually can work. That actually could work. Is is that the best scene in the movie for y'all? It's between that and and um and um Paul's solo scene when he's in the, his monologue. Yeah. His monologue. His monologue was was excellent. Like that, he killed it. His he killed that monologue. You talking about when he was t- saying you're not gonna kill me? Yeah, that whole stretch of monologue he was doing. I I really thought he did a really good job with that. He did like, a good job with that. He was looking crazy. Like he was like he was, he was kind of talking to himself, and he was yeah. like, I was like, man, he's killing that. That's when it started to taper down for you. Taper off. Him, yeah. Damn. No, it's it still tapered off, but but I did I did enjoy that scene though. The yeah. only moment I did not like of him is when he fell down that hill. When he- <laughs> that that was hilarious. Oh, was, I, I think he actually did. That's fine. Because <laughs> he, he really felt like an old man would. Now, that was believable. <laughs> it was when his foot got stuck. <laughs> it was, and then he just and he just, he did one of the five like. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck was that? He accepted the fall. Yeah, what? He, 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 he was defeated. He was defeated. Yeah. He was like, yeah. he was stuck in the air. <laughs> Snake bitch your ass. ass. I said, that is definitely legal. That is not a stunt double. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I wound it back multiple times. I was like, what the fuck happened? Because he stopped at the top of the hill. And then the bag just got caught for no fucking reason. <laughs> and he just fell. I was like, what am I missing here? And oh. I don't know what the fuck happened to his foot, but when he landed and he... Le- that was, like, was hilarious. But that, it was, was like, that took me out. That part took me out. I was like, damn, you just stay getting fucked up because the snake fucked you Because he was just complaining the whole time. He was like, goddamn snake bite. And then he just toppled down the hill. <laughs> no reason. <laughs> yeah. What I did like, though, when he cussed all the asses out and mm-hmm. ran with his gold and his son, to his son's shot, like, when he's walking through the woods and he's just yelling. The Lord is my shepherd. I said I won't. That shit. That shit. Yeah. I fuck with that, that shit right there. He was having a breakdown. Yes. He did such a good job portraying that. When he was, and even when he wasn't saying actual words, he was just hollering. Man. He was just it, it it I really felt it. And when he got into the woods, like when you're talking about favorite scenes, when he got when he finally found the ghost or whatever or the spirit of Storm and Norman. Yes. When it abruptly yes. clicked over and he was mm-hmm. digging that grave, I had to wind that back a couple times too, because I was like, what the fuck? That was weird. <clears throat> but when he was talking to those dudes. And they were like, tell us where your friends are. And he's like, I'll never tell you that. And they shot him. Man, that was probably one of my favorite scenes. Because yeah. that, that part hit me. Because you think, okay, yeah, he's so selfish. He said, fuck his friends. I'm taking my gold and I'm leaving. 
But when it came down to it and the guy was like, tell me where they are. He was like, I will never tell you. Those are still my brothers. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Mm. He knew he was about to die. Whoever was talking. No, I'm saying I didn't think about that. Because I think by that time, I was just ready for the movie to be over. (laughs) 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 The thing about that moment, of course, the standoff, you know, at the end is that, you know, I thought about uh, Storm and Norman and how they end up splitting and going separate ways. And ultimately, everybody ended up dying except Otis. And I wonder if that never happened, if the brotherhood, the blood stayed together and didn't divide, would more of them have survived or would they have survived the whole thing just by by being, you know, as one unit? And it just thought about just, just, just division and how you can split people apart and conquer them. But together, you're stronger as one. Nah, they still died, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, even Otis was ready to die, too, at the end. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. But, I mean, because, yeah, well, I guess you're right. I get what you're saying. The bond, it's like the blood bond. Yeah, like, just just like the messaging of, like, like huh. you know, black people being together or people being together, just period. You know? Oh, yeah. kind of, I could yeah. definitely see Spike doing that. Mm-hmm. I could definitely nah. see Spike doing that. Mike, I agree. That chat with Bozen scene with him and, and Paul, that was probably the, the best scene. That's probably the best acting I've seen chat with Bozeman do. Cause I was really like, Paul has been carrying this movie so heavily. I was like, how can he match him in this scene? And he just, to me, he just played, he played it well. And <laughs> Paul cried like a damn big ass baby. <laughs> Boy, that was a grown ass man. That was the last cry. If you ever going to have a last cry before you die, it's going to sound like that. That hug he, was just like, I don't know, man. That hug, it just felt like he's like, you can let me go now. Yeah. Cool. But he was like, it's, it was an accident. I it felt, was. Yeah, he was like, he's like, it was an accident. I forgive you. It was an accident. Right. Yeah. That was a real moment. Chad did really, he did really, really, well, good really well in that. In that he story. threw a jab at him, too, though. He was like, you got me, though. You got me, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I still love you. <laughs> Man. I, I like when he said that. It was something else he said, too. What was the quote? He said, um, it was like he, it was like it's okay or something like that. What? How did he, he said it in a way though? Yeah, I forget what he said too, but he said it in a way it was like it's okay, you can let me go. Yeah, it was like damn, that was powerful. Like that was powerful. And it just it's just crazy that right after that, he, bah, 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 he gets yeah. fucking killed. Because he was like, it's all right, blood or something like that or something. And we got a chance to see what Paul was kind of seeing at times too. Mm-hmm. And he's going through this while he's digging his own grave, so he's mm-hmm. making peace with with himself. Yeah, that's real symbolic. That's really symbolic too. But you said that didn't hit you like that, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is symbolic. Ken is making some really good points. I don't think I. I don't think I realized that he was having that vision as he dug his grave. So that's probably why it didn't hit me. I don't think I realized that for whatever reason. I had the baby, so I might not have been 100% in it at that point. But, uh, yeah, I don't think I realized that that was a vision he was having at that point in time. Oh. I don't think it uh, – those, those, those are two separate points? Those no, are two separate was, points. No, that was simultaneous. Like, when he, when he when he hugs Chadwick Boseman or Stormin' Norman or whatever, immediately after that, we see him digging his grave. So oh. I think the whole point was he was, but he was having that 
vision while he was digging the grave. Oh, wait, nay. I thought that was abrupt. I thought that was an abrupt cut. I didn't realize that was happening simultaneously. I did at okay. first. Remember, I still had to rewind it back. I was like, what okay, the okay, okay, okay. And then I was like, oh, I get it. He's about to see Stormy Norman anyway. So he's yeah, dead. That, that makes sense. That he, because he knows he's about to die, he's coming to terms with whatever demons he had that, you know, I got you. I didn't catch that. So yeah, what did y'all think about the 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 final ending of it? How, that that last action scene we got, as far as how we get to deal with the brick situation, because obviously when Paul left, that was when the the Vietnamese people found out that they there was gold, and they're chasing them down to get it. How did y'all think about that conclusion of that uh, story? They knew the whole time, Nick. What do you mean? The Vietnamese people knew there were there was gold. Oh. No, I mean like that they that they had it and they were looking for them. No, they they knew. Remember the the white dude is the one who hired them. So Paul was oh. right about that. Yeah, he was oh, okay, about yeah, ten, yeah. but he was right about the Roche double crossing. Right. Oh, okay, yeah. So the double cross. I thought for some reason I thought. Uh, oh yeah, because I didn't realize they were working together towards until the, the end. Yeah, when he showed up with Paul's hat on. Yeah. But how did y'all think about that ending? So I, I like that Tin wasn't part of the double crossing. Um, that would have been a little, little too much. But um, I do like the fact that Paul's suspicions about um, everything that was going on uh, ultimately ended up being right to a certain point. And I wish they would have, you know, kind of came together to kind of figure out what was what and, and work together to get out of that situation. Um, but I think Otis came up with a good plan. Uh, the miraculous shot by David, you know, was a, a little much, but, um, but nevertheless, I thought it was cool. Like the, you, I, I think I finally got a chance to see them in action and I finally got a chance to see them be some badasses. And they were, there was some badasses. For a brief moment. He was still chewing. He was like. <laughs> <laughs> nah, and then the I, thing about the grenade, because they, they because uh, um, old boy jumped on the grenade. And I think they talked about the story earlier. They told a story earlier about the first black man to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah and they were saying that they wouldn't do it. Yes. And that yeah. was, that was dope. Is at the end. I mean, I, I thought. I thought the acting was a bit off on that part because he was just like, oh, grenade! (laughs) (laughs) I thought they could have done that better, but symbolically, I thought it was dope because they've been saying earlier, I'm not jumping on no grenade. Mm -hmm. But when it came down to it and it's like, yo, your brothers are about to die, he jumped his ass on that grenade. He did jump on it like it was an above ground pool or something. He was like, <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> belly flop on the yeah. <laughs> His belly did pop. Because <laughs> that grenade didn't even really do nothing. It was just like. Pfft. So I was thinking he wasn't dead until it ended. I was like, he's not dead, right? Because there was no gut. Yeah, he, he ain't moved since. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe he hurt himself, but I didn't think he was dead. Uh, he he thought he fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, 
I, I enjoyed that last part. I, I, I like to see. I, I hated to see. I knew that the, the movie was going in like, bro, they're going to go into the jungle. They're not going to come. All of them are not coming out. I felt that way going in. Um, but I just didn't. I, it's still kind of hard to see them go out the way they did because it was it was for it was just for the to get their brother out and just to get it was supposed to be an easy transaction, an easy mission. And that's and, what I didn't like. Uh, it felt real clean and slimish to me. I didn't want to see everybody die die like that. Like, like the only person that made it out was Otis. And you ain't even like Otis. <laughs> no, 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 not that I didn't like Otis. I'm just saying, like he's the only like. I don't know. I just you wanted us to win. I wanted, wanted us them to, to get the goal to get out. I wanted them to win. Like I didn't hey. want them to die. Mike, don't he sound like, who came to see you, Otis? <laughs> Wait, what is that from? Temptations. Well, yeah, you know they were all named after the Temptations. Oh, I did not oh, know that. Melvin, Otis. Come on, y'all. Eddie. Damn. I did, not, I, did, I did not know that. I did not realize that. Mm. I, ain't, I ain't realize it either. The only one that has an excuse is Nick. Mm. You right. <laughs> You're right. I'm from Detroit. I don't even know why I didn't catch it. <laughs> Damn. I, you know why you didn't catch it? Because you what, you was checked out of the movie? I'm so sorry. I'm sure I didn't catch a lot of stuff because of that reason. I was yeah, like, I, I got an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm more focused on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, then, I, I will say the opening scenes that they showed with some of the um, the casualties from Vietnam, like with the mm-hmm. kids, with the skin shit burnt off. I'll be honest. I think that threw me out of it initially. I was like, I can't mm. watch this. I don't. I can't. It's the, my spirit is too much going on right now. I don't want to see no shit like this. So I, the whole movie, I'm like waiting to see something gruesome. So I think my experience was kind of. I think that jaded because of the timing with everything going on with with the Wendy's and the, the protesting here and everything, all of that, because that happened right in front of my girlfriend's apartment. Like it's just it was just too much. And then I got Nicholas going to the army. I was just like, you know what? I don't think I'm in I don't think I was in the right mindset to watch it. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna ask you guys, like, did this make this movie make you feel a certain type of way with everything going on in the current climate of, of today's world? Nay, you already spoke your piece. I was wanting to hear from the rest of the guys. I mean, I thought it was dope that this shit was filmed well before what's happening right now, but it was still in a way prophetic because it's like, you know, when it ends with them, you know, donating the money to Black Lives Matter, um, and then you got the people from Lamb, and I forget where the other bit of money went. Say again? Oh, yeah, to the wife, which I didn't really feel that part because that whoever was the wife, even though she didn't say shit, she was a terrible actress. Uh, I, she didn't, I just didn't feel it when she turned around and hugged the son. I was like, that was really stiff. Um, but yeah, man, I, 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 was, I was good with the ending, that last scene. Because, I mean, if they really came out and they really just shot up everybody and they walked away and all, everybody won... I'd have been like, come on, man, this ain't this ain't realistic. I, I was I was good with them dying and I was good with the way they died. The fact that they went out helping each other get and 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 meet a certain goal. I was cool with that. And the way the way it ended, that scene ended with him dropping the Make America Great Again hat on top of Otis as he's bloody on the ground. I was like, man, this dude Spike Lee is a fucking he's the shit. But 
Yeah, I, I didn't have any problems with the ending. I thought the ending was great. I, I didn't I didn't give two fucks about Otis going back to hang out with his daughter. I didn't give a fuck about that. I was going to ask you about that. I said when they started floating, smiling, that you was okay with that? No. Because I, I, I knew we had to get that floating scene because it hadn't happened. I was like, at some point, somebody going to float. I didn't know who it was going to be. When it ended up being Otis and his fucking whatever daughter, I was like, uh, this isn't going to ruin the movie for me, but I don't give a shit about this. <laughs> like, I'm going to get to know my daughter. Get the fuck out of here, man. Your daughter's 48. You ain't getting to know shit. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of went against what she had told him earlier in the movie also. What did she um, tell him? You know, about, um, you know, the reasons why. Because he wanted to meet his daughter, and she wanted to know if that was her dad. And she basically kind of dismissed it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and for them to come back, it was like, yeah, I can't leave without seeing you two. It was like, where was, like, it's like they kind of fast forward ahead. But um, but that didn't the movie. All his friends just died. Yeah. And you really going to go see this chick you ain't seen in 40-something years? Smiling. Smiling? Nah. Mm-mm. But um, but I, I, I like the ending because what Norman was telling them to do and what Eddie was trying to remind them of, of Norman's wishes came to fruition with the money going to black. So it went back to the people. And, um, you know... Yeah, a bit went to the family, but it went to Black Lives Matter and Lamb, and I guess Otis kept his piece and David kept his piece as well. But um, but I thought that that was dope that that um that there was some good that came out of them finding that money. So instead of it being like this selfish thing that Paul turned around and ended up doing, that's true. I, I'll give you that. I'm just reparations, man. No, yeah, I, I, I'll give you that. They died. What y'all- they died for a cause, like they died mm-hmm. for a reason. Versus Queen of Slim, they just fucking died, and then right. they got money. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say about the score as well. Um, oh, wait, before you get to that, Nick, real quick, I forgot about this part. Real fast, Nick. Yeah. One thing I really thought was was really well done with this film is the way that Vietnam was like, when that war was going on, it was on everybody's television. Like the war was on TV and the protesters were on TV. And I love the the parallel that Spike did with doing that with now where we're seeing the same shit. You're like back then you were seeing people dying and, you know, although they were spinning it to make it seem like they were dying for a legitimate cause, but you were seeing people dying, but you were also seeing these protesters saying, we shouldn't be over there. We shouldn't be over there. And now you're seeing cops killing black men and you're seeing the protests and everything is on television. So the fact that Spike Lee made that parallel, I thought was also like extremely dope. I was about to bring up the score. Yeah, like the the Marvin Gaye. I think Ken is it is it you or B who really is into Marvin Gaye as Ken. like the greatest? It's Ken. Ken. Yeah. Ken. So okay, I'm glad you're on it because I wanted to get your thoughts on how Spike used or uh, I think it was Spike who probably influenced that score. Can how I take that first? Go ahead. Go ahead, bro. The reason why I want to take it first, this is one of the main things that took me out of the movie. Like 
this is my probably the biggest critique I had about the entire film. It just didn't make sense in some places. Like it just wasn't going back to that those believable moments. Like I just couldn't. I you're not gonna tell me that that they were playing that type of music inside of a Vietnam bar. Like you're not gonna t- and then and then someone like like when it was in a boat, they played the stereotypical war movie music. Uh, I forgot what's that. Time, time. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. When time, time. Yeah, they played time. Like. That's in every that's in every war movie. Like, bro, come on. Like, really? that was the point. He did it on purpose. Oh, okay. Yeah, what like do you mean he did it on purpose. He did because that that music is in every like he he was really looking to movies like Apocalypse Now, which okay. is why it was in that club. If you yeah. remember when they yeah. were dancing around, it's in the background. Yeah. Um. He was and, and at some point they were playing the same music that's played in Rambo, because yeah. he's driving home a point of that shit is all phony. Oh. See, like, see, I'm yeah. doing... Go no, ahead. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I've been talking enough. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, so I get that, but it still took me out of it. I get that he was driving out that, that point home, but that drive you driving that point home is what actually takes, takes me out of it. I, I love the Marvin Gaye songs. Mm-hmm. I love those songs. It just didn't work in some of the moments. I like the acapella that they did with him in, in, in that moment with uh, Paul. I didn't like when they were walking up the hill and they were singing it and then you hear the music over them singing. I didn't like that moment. It was just like the score was just... But but now that, Mike, you say that, I mean, I guess, you know, I don't know. The score was weird. Okay. It was weird and it was off-putting. But I think what Spike Lee was trying to say was like, yo, y'all, y'all use this music that we made for these phony ass moments. Let me take that shit and put it towards something real. That's how I took it. It was still weird and awkward, but a lot of the shit Spike Lee does is weird and awkward. So I'm kind of used to that. I like, I love, not like, loved that he used the acapella of, of Marvin Gaye, the, the pureness of, of his, his voice. Um, you know, the sin- sincerity and, uh, and issues that he was singing about, like that album is still relevant in today's time as relevant as it was back then. Mm-hmm. And for me, it made sense to see them connect with that, especially coming back. They're old now. They've been, this is an album that he made. To as his means of speaking out against that at a time where Barry Gordon told him, he was like, yo, nobody's going to listen to that shit. Nobody's going to like that shit. Mm-hmm. And he did it anyway because, you know, he felt passionately and strongly about it and it ended up blowing up and becoming a success. So you come back from Vietnam and this album was made addressing some of those issues, the, the plight of not only the war, but also, you know, within the community. I could easily see them listen to that album over and over again and coming back and singing that as they're going up the hill as the one thing that kind of tethers their past to the present. And it was like, and, and, and using that to kind of get through this situation and for him to sing Marvin Gaye as he's about to die, man, that was, and, and, and the look of confusion on their face, like, what are you doing? What are you singing about? Like it was, it, it it was beautiful, man. I I loved it. 
I like them singing Marvin Gaye coming up the hill. I just didn't like the over overlaid. Music overlaid on top. Yeah. yeah. They could have they they could have took that out. They didn't need that. They didn't need that. They didn't need the actual track. It's like rappers rapping over their own lyrics. <laughs> you don't need that, man. For me, I loved it. The the score was by Terrence uh, Blanchard. I I love the. I mean, I I love any Marvin Gaye song for the most part, and obviously the one that was playing. For the most part. I mean, we can get to that. That's a whole other discussion. You, 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 you didn't have to add that other part, my brother. Damn. I'm just saying. Out here, my dear Nick. Can't, can't, can't hey. want to tell you all about it. So was the overall consensus, because I wasn't here when we first started, was the overall consensus that you guys liked it and Nay and I are the only ones that didn't? It sounds like it, yeah. Wow. I really thought. We on the island, baby. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all together. <laughs> it's it's it is okay because this is one of those films where I really don't expect a lot of people to like it because it didn't it was just it was weird even for Spike and it was clunky as fuck. But I thought in the end the clunkiness because once I realized that clunkiness was intentional, it was okay. For the first almost hour, I was like, "This is clunky and it's fucking annoying me." Mm-hmm. What did you hear was intentional? Where did I hear it? I didn't hear it. I just, when I, oh, you're talking about the part where, with the old men? Well, no, you, you're saying, because you, you said it a lot in this review that you knew, like, it sounded like you had a, a source that said, like, some stuff was intentional. No, I ain't got that mean mugger hookup. No. Oh, okay. I, when I first, when I was first watching it and the screen kept changing, I was like, what in the fuck is he doing? Why is it going from, I don't know, the, I know one is letterbox, but I don't know the other ones. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the terms are. Like why was the why was the aspect ratio changing? Right. I didn't figure that out until the movie was fucking over. And I was like, oh, okay. So part of it was, you know, when they were in the past, it would be in one ratio. Yeah. When, when they'd be in the present, it was one. And then when they go into the jungle, it just becomes full screen. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Oh, I got I got that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure y'all I'm sure you did, but when I was watching, I was just like, okay, this is really aggravating. 13 Reasons did something similar last season. Oh, did they? Well, that yeah. shit was so bad, I didn't even notice, I don't think. But <laughs> last season. But like you like you said, Rod, when, when Spike Lee does something, there's always a meaning. Mm-hmm. It just took me almost an hour to figure out, like, all right, he's doing these weird techniques for a certain reason. Like, I was really annoyed when they were using the same actors with Chadwick Boseman. I was like, this is fucking stupid. Why is he doing this? This is annoying. And I still think it's annoying, but I know it's intentional, so it makes sense. I got you. But no, I don't have any. I don't have any inside information. There was one interview Spike Lee did. It was, it was very short. Um, I forget who it was. Some white lady. I forget who it was. But I haven't really seen him talk that much about this movie since. I don't know. The production value was really high. He went on ESPN a couple of times. Oh, movie. did he? Uh, yeah, but that was it. He like didn't really get a chance to go into details about it. Um, maybe, maybe because of the whole coronavirus, he hadn't had time to really promote it as it was coming out. But it's trending number one right now on Netflix. Um, <laughs> Obama didn't even get that high. Oh, uh, people are interested in the movie. It's like anytime, like everybody's like, "Oh, yo," because like uh, anytime anybody said like, like her brother came over, he's like, "Oh, y'all watching?" What happened? Tell me that was from your house. Did 
did a little girl just whisper? I heard a whisper. I heard a whisper too. That was me. Jesus fucking Christ. You watch too many scary movies. I do. Nah, I thought it was that Vietnamese kid. <laughs> no one else reacted, Nick. So I was like, "Am I the only motherfucker that heard that?" I just assume I just tuned it out because it's kid. You got kid, you got me. Like, so yeah, I just tune that type of stuff out. Yeah. But, um, damn, I lost my train of thought. My brother came over and people are watching. Yeah, yeah, it was like a few people. Like, like her brother came over. He's like, "Oh yeah, how's that? How was that?" And then um, we had someone, um, one of um, our youngest daughter's friends for the night. Her mom came. He's like, "Oh yeah, how's that?" Yeah, how's that movie? Like, so people are know about it and they want to watch it. I think Netflix is pushing it. They are. Yeah, They're they, pushing it as yeah. a black. Um, what were they calling it? Like a Black Lives Collection. Black Lives Matter Collection, something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's on. It's on the front page right now. <laughs> they treat it like the MCU. It's the Black <laughs> MCU. <laughs> it's real. It's for real. I don't know if you're on Netflix, but they have an actual section called Black Lives Matter. Well, I, I see I know, every God. yeah. Every time I click on Netflix, it, it shows up, and I'm like, all right. I, we know I, I you, like Nick. You don't want to watch all of these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was one they had on there. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this weekend on here. What was it? What they had, <laughs> so, I, I, so I opened the, the um, you know, this review with I think I like it, and having. Had the time because I had just watched it today and I just finished um, like at six fifteen. So um, one of the things I was saying, I haven't really had a chance to sit and process it, but talking through it, you know, with you guys and just reflecting back on a lot of the scenes and the symbolism and some of the moments, the music and et cetera. You know, yeah, I I do like the movie. I loved even when I was watching it like halfway through, I was like. Man, I was, it, it really was a Paul. I was so caught up in just him and, you know, how the four of them, when they interacted on screen, how they just reminded me of old black men I grew up with and, and knew. And from the dialogue to the mannerisms, like everything. And it felt very real and black to me. They addressed issues. I was able to laugh. You know, there was a moment where I, I, I felt, like emotional about some scenes. So overall it was a, it was a good movie. And, and part of like the way I evaluate films is like, would I recommend this to somebody else to watch or would I want to sit down and rewatch this, you know, like, like with my wife or my in-laws and, you know, I've come to the conclusion that I would, because I would like to watch it again, but I, I don't think I could sit and watch it by myself again. I <laughs> drag somebody along with me, but, um, but yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. I do agree with you, like with the whole sentiment of um, talking it out with you guys. I, I, I do. I still don't like it, but it helps me understand it a little bit more, and it help, helps me like kind of look at it with a different eye. With a different eye, you know what I'm saying? Um, that's what I like about doing these with y'all. Mm-hmm. But um. So yeah, yeah, you know, like before, I I would probably never recommend this to anyone, but now I probably like, you know, you know what, check it out. You might like it. You know what I'm saying? You, you might like it. But before, I really didn't. I I just really didn't like it, man. And, and it might have been the headspace I was in as well. With like kind of like name the headspace I was in, just it felt like a task. Yeah, I, I get that. Time. It was just like, oh, okay, I gotta watch this for the review. If I would have just like been in the house chilling, like let me pop this on and see what it's about. I probably would have been. It probably would have. 
known out for you. <laughs> I just turned it off. I was like, I'm not doing this for two hours and thirty five minutes. It's it's the length. It's a it's it's either hour too long or definitely thirty five minutes too long. Like that yeah. last part is just like, all right, you could have cut a lot of this shit out. Did you guys did you guys watch Miracle of Saint Anna? Mm-hmm. Did you like that? Mm-hmm. You did. Mm-hmm. I I did at the time when I watched it, but when I was watching this, that's what I felt like. I because I, I, I didn't it it didn't come together for me, and I felt when I watched this, I was like, I feel like maybe war movies aren't his thing. But because I know Miracle of Saint Anna got got pretty bad reviews, like people didn't like that film. So I wonder yeah. if like he takes a, the angle he takes at war movies is like so different than most war movies do that people just don't jive with it and i don't know if that was maybe my problem like i said either i was just in the wrong headspace or i'm just not with the angle he takes his war movies through because i'm used to seeing that traditional kind of like fighter story Mm -hmm. brotherhood type thing he focuses on the brotherhood but all the other stuff is so different so i don't i don't know that's when i was watching this that's what it put me in the mindset of Miracle of St. Anna didn't strike me as a Spike Lee film when I first watched it. Mm -hmm. So at first I was just like, you know, I'm used to Spike Lee with the message, message, message. And I didn't get that with Miracle of St. Anna. So, I mean, I did end up liking it. I thought it was fine. But as a Spike Lee film, it definitely does not rate anywhere near the top. It's, It's definitely closer to the bottom. This one was message every, every five minutes. So I think that's why I enjoyed this one more. Like this, this felt like listening to a fucking Kendrick Lamar album and trying to figure out all the shit that he's trying to convey. And I definitely will watch this again. Maybe even tomorrow, I will definitely watch this again because shit, I'm I guarantee there's all kinds of shit that I missed. Yeah. And this definitely feels like one of those films that once you know how it ends, you need to go back and try to pick out. Okay, that's why this person did this. That's why this person said that. That's why this happened. So I'm going to give it another go. Yeah, it seems like uh, Rotten Tomatoes, everybody, all the critics really liked this. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 92%. They have to. Uh, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, White but there was one. not say anything bad about a black film right now. This is the oh, best yeah. time to put out a black film because white people are going to love it regardless. Yeah, there was a uh, one of them commented saying it's a fierce energy and ambition course through the five bloods coming together to fuel one of Spike Lee's most urgent and impactful films. Do y'all agree as far as did this make you like this is the Spike Lee that I want to see more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to see him go down and do do more of these. What Paul say? I am that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I am. That motherfucker. <laughs> I want to agree with it, but I don't think I agree. I don't. Yeah, I want a fence. So I don't know, man. I, I kind of want to see Spike Lee get away from the typical Spike Lee stuff. Like, did I don't think so. I think it still felt very Spike Lee-ish to me. This. Yeah, it did. Like, some of the things he was doing, like, from the music to the shots to... Um, yeah, I, I felt like some. it still felt like Spike Lee. Like, I, I want him to just do something. I know it sounds weird, but, like, something regular. <laughs> he did. He did Black Klansman. Black Klansman was something regular. Hell no, that wasn't... I don't think so. Well, that's what you asked for. <laughs> Black Klansman was totally different from a regular Spike Lee film. 
It wasn't awkward. There were no weird shots. It was just a regular ass movie. But it just sucked. It did suck. <laughs> it didn't suck. It did, it did suck. It, it did not suck. It was it was a it was a good film. It was not. I, it was a, I need to go back and watch it. I feel like I thought it sucked, but I don't remember it sucking as bad as everybody said it did. So exactly. I want to watch it again to see if, like, did it, did I really not like it like that? I don't recall. I don't think Denzel's uh, son did a good job. Of it. Every, every time Mike and Rob were like, "Man, Black Klansman," was talking about like, ah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> But that's why he shouldn't do sh- different shit because he's not good at it. Well, is, is that the story or is that the direct? I thought it was both. I thought the story was boring as hell, and I thought the way he directed it was boring as hell. When I say different, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Cause... Are you talking about like a rom com? You want Spike Lee to do something like that? I do. Yeah. I think he'd be oh, dope. Yeah, she's gotta have it. I wasn't the biggest fan of that. that ain't no rom com. Very Spike Lee is though. It still was though. It still yeah. Was. They broke out in the song and shit. Yeah, that's the music very straight. Yeah, I do want to see something like a wrong. <laughs> that's what I mean by you. You're on to something. Like that's what I mean by like something regular. Like you wouldn't know it was Spike Lee unless you said unless you saw his name. He's like, oh shit, Spike Lee did that. I want him. To, I want. I still don't think he's done a project like that yet. I think he can't help but have a message in his stuff because like I can understand like if you want to see him do regular like a buddy cop film. But he'll make that cop film about racism, right? <laughs> like, like it ain't, like ain't going to get bad boys. And they ain't going to get bad boys out of Spike. No, I respect out of Spike. But I feel like he could, he could hide it tone in it down, tone it down, down just a little bit. He oh, ain't torn right. shit down. But what? That's what I was going to say, Mike. I'm, I'm going to take that out. I ain't going to put the energy out there. I get you. You're right. Why? Like, it's just something I personally want to see. But I'm not mad if he continues they didn't to do Inside Man. Inside Man wasn't normal. Yes. Inside, no, Man was, Inside Man was good. No, it was good. I'm saying, but it still had a tie to it. It still had a... Right, uh, but it wasn't... To me, I don't remember it being like an in-your-face message. That is his most like, normal... That's the like, most normal like, he's gotten. Everybody floating. I, and then the but it did, though. Shots, they floated. Yeah, Denzel floated. like a Denzel, Denzel floated. But that, it was a good float. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It made sense for why he floated. I just don't remember it being like, oh, hit over your head. I will give you though that, that was probably probably outside of his box a little bit. I will give you that. But but Denzel was in it. So Denzel could be <laughs> anything to me. But 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 Denzel and Spike is a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, be a thing in a regular movie. Who else who else right now, what other black filmmaker is making movies the way Spike Lee makes movies? No one. That's what I said. Exactly. So I feel like I feel like not that I'm disagreeing with you necessarily, but I feel like saying, "Well, we I want to see Spike do something completely different and normal." It's like, but anybody can do something completely different and normal. I, I feel like we need more Spike Lees to make quirky, artistic, maybe sometimes ain't that great movies. Barry Jenkins. Who? Uh, the dude who did Bill Street and Moonlight. Facts. But he's but he's he doesn't do his movies the way Spike Lee does. I think he's amazing as a filmmaker, even though I didn't really love Bill Street that much. Oh, you finally watched it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like I liked his directorial it's, eye. It's I didn't like the way he did it. But he makes beautiful films. <laughs> he do. does make beautiful films, they're just not good. Always. Not always good. Uh, all right. We're not here to bash on Barry Jenkins right now. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. But you were saying, Mike, you, you were leading on to... Well, I, I think with Rod's point, maybe it's because I feel like with Rod, it's more like 
your director's bag. I want to see all the tools you got in your bag. I've seen enough of this wrench and this hammer. Can you do something with this screwdriver? You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see, like, I, I, I do want to, I like seeing a wide range of, of like, like a, like a Spielberg. Spielberg has a wide range of films from serious to funny to kids to actually, you know what I mean? Like, I don't say shit like, about Tarantino. Y'all, y'all only do this shit to black people. Why can't black people have a niche and stick with it? But I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just, it's just a personal thing. I just want to see it. I don't know. Mm-mm-mm. I think he could do it. I, I, I really think he could do it. He don't want to. I, and that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Poor Spike. You, well, you, did, you, did you ever go see, real quick, did you ever go see The Sweet Blood of Jesus? Yeah, Hell no. It's bad. It's fucking trash. Well, why would we? But uh, the point I'm saying is, I don't think Spike Lee can make anything but this type of film. Any we time started I- watching it though. We did. Huh? You remember it was on? Oh, it's so it's so bad. You remember it was no, where? You just it. Yes, it was here. <laughs> you don't remember this? I don't remember. The whole point hey. is don't don't bother because it's trash. I know. That's what we were saying. But it's because Spike Lee tried to do something different. When he when he's in his bag, he's fine. When he tries to do something else, he fucks up. Let Spike be Spike. I don't want the sweet blood of Jesus or Black Klansman no more. You found it. I, I don't know what you found. You we really was watching it one day and we turned it off. <laughs> All right. Any any last? It was like a, it was like a fake Passion of the Christ. Nice try, Nick. <laughs> any last thoughts on, on on the film or just Spike Lee in general? Uh, show this man some love, man, because I know he went through like. You know, a rough time. Um, he know, always goes through a rough time for all his movies. <laughs> well, you know, he had he had a like a nice solid run where everybody was like, "Man, Spike Lee is the greatest." And then he kind of, you know, hit a little bump in the road, man. But I I I feel like I get the sense that he's not really really appreciated enough. <clears throat> so you know, let's give this man his flowers while he's here. Let's celebrate his greatness. Um, you know, if if. Black Klansman ain't in, or Sweet Blood of Jesus ain't it, and this is it. That's fine. He can make his mistakes, but we got great stuff in addition to the mediocre stuff, like any other white director writer out there. Yeah, like I started this thing off. Even though I didn't like it, I appreciate Spike Lee. Like I'm, I want to make sure that's clear. I mean, I wanted to make sure that was clear from the beginning of this review. That look. I cannot like a Spike Lee movie and still respect the shit out of Spike Lee. Straight up. Yeah. Feel that. I concur. Mm-hmm. This one. Yeah. Like, he got several that were. <laughs> right. <laughs> this For record, me. Oh, this track record is good. For me, I I, I think he's on. I want to see his next film even more because I, I like Black Klansman. I really like this film. I'm ex- excited to see what he can do moving forward. Um, I think he's on a roll right now. Ken, to your point, he was on the dip, like a huge dip, and people were kind of, I guess, questioning his greatness, like maybe his peak is past, and was he just, you know, uh, one of his greats in a certain era, not a great overall, but I'm, I'm really happy to see a film like this, and I, I just can't wait to see what he does next. I think what messed him up, he started listening to, like, the uh, Clint Eastwoods of the world and shit, and they were telling him that he can only make a, they, they were telling him that he can only make a certain type of movie. And he can't really go outside of his, and I think that kind of messed with him a little bit. 
Do y'all remember that? You there, Mike? I do. I do. And I, I remember wanting to tell Clint Eastwood to shut the fuck up because he's only done a couple movies and they were basically the same fucking movie. Right. I was going to say, Clint Eastwood, he, he do the same type of movie all the time. Every time. I mean, they're good, but he does the same shit. But who right. would have thought Spike Lee would make a Vietnam War movie? Right. So I feel like we should give him a little bit of credit for jumping out the box a little bit, but I think we should give him even more credit for, for, for pulling in something like Black men in the Vietnam War and still putting that in the Spike Lee box. And I thought he, I thought he did a great job. I would never argue with someone that didn't like it because I get it. But personally, I, I really thought he did a great job. I, I, the production value was high. I don't know if y'all said that it might have gotten buried, but yeah, I did. I did like the production value that was brought into this film. Well, that's our, our thoughts for this film, the, uh, the Five Bloods. Please let us know on the FPS podcast as far as the Reddit thread, and that's the same handle for Twitter and IG. What you all thought of this film? Do you like Spike Lee's direction? Did you not? Are you excited for his next film? Are you not? Let us know. Um, and also send us your recommendations as well. We're definitely tuning in for those. Uh, but I'll do it for us this week. We out. Peace. Peace. Bye.